So we're in our second, or no, we're in our third week of leaning into Lent. Um, last week, we talked about belief and our, our struggles with not believing. This week, we are talking about weakness, struggling, and grace. So my first image that I have up here um, for you is a turtle. Um, I'm not sure if the, if the image comes up. Does it come up? No. Oh, well, here, I'll show you the picture. So, so I found this <laughs> picture on the inter, interweb, um, and it's, it's taken from the perspective of the turtle, and it shows the mountains in the back, the trees in the back, the pebbly ground, and this turtle. And it just kind of struck me as that's kind of how I feel every day. Like, I am this small, small turtle that's moving really slow, and I need, I need so much from God, and, um, and I don't know why that turtle resonated with me, and it's a bummer that it didn't show up because it was kind of a cute picture. But we think about how we need God and his grace so desperately, and until we come to that place where we acknowledge that, we will struggle, we will feel weak, and we will not be able to have grace for ourselves but when we acknowledge that, that God has got the strength for us, God has got the grace for us, and with him we, we can stop struggling, then we come to a completely different place. So it, it, so, it might sound kind of funny to, for me to tell you this week, lean into your weakness, lean into struggling, maybe lean into those areas you feel like you're not cutting the mustard and you feel like you're you know, not succeeding, and give that to God and see what he does. Um, so there's a, there's a video that I'm going to show you, and actually um, we're going to address some of these questions, but there's this video by J.L. Packer, and he's this godly man from England, and he um, did this short Devo that I found on Right Now Media, again, another plug for engaging with Right Now Media, and it's called Weakness is, is the Way. And so I'm going to ask um, Dylan to start that video up for us, and then we're going to keep talking. In our society, strength, or at least imagined strength, is applauded. And weakness is thought of as a defect. It means that you missed the best in life. From the age of seven, I felt weak. I was chased out into the street by a fellow student at the school I was attending. I collided with a truck. As you would expect, the truck got the better of the exchange. They were afraid that my brain might have suffered as a result of the accident. I didn't use the word weak in those days to describe how I was feeling about myself, but that is the word that catches the feeling. I can still remember the feelings. Well, this is Packer's testimony to the reality of weakness. I have now reached the point in life where inevitably I am wearing out physically. I can't have many more years to go. 
And as I'm conscious of wearing out physically, I find myself feeling weak. So I'm back with the theme of weakness because of what has happened to me and what is happening to me now as an old man whose body is wearing out. God doesn't allow us to stay with the idea that we are strong. Oh, we may have that idea, but the Lord is going to disabuse us one way or another, and it will be good for us, and it will give glory to Him when He does so. Lest I should be puffed up because of the abundance of revelations that God had given me, I was given a thorn in the flesh. The Lord spoke to me, and this is what he said. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. I don't know about you, but if you can just this week, I've been chewing on that, that phrase, weakness is the way. And, um, and at first, I didn't like that. I, I was snooping through Right Now Media, trying to find something else, actually. And I came upon this, and I thought, I don't, I don't like how that feels. Weakness is the way. I think that pushes on some areas in our life where we like to feel like we are, we are strong and we're not weak. Um, I hope that you don't think badly of me for saying this, but I have sometimes watched The Simpsons. My spouse watches them more than me. I'm just going to call him out on it. <laughs> um, but when I was when I was um, preparing for the sermon, I had this funny image of Mr. Burns in my in my head, and it was this episode. And I can't remember the episode. Dan and I were trying to remember which episode it is, but um, Mr. Burns is Homer's boss, and he's not a very nice man at all. He's very proud. He's very rich. Very skinny. Um, he doesn't look healthy, I don't think. And he's a cartoon. But anyway, Mr. Burns is incapacitated. Something happens to him. And he's sitting, he's like in a, uh, I think like a rest home of some kind, and someone is spoon feeding him. And in, and in this one phrase, he goes, I'm self. And he opens his mouth to receive a spoon sufficient and closes his mouth. And he's really not self-sufficient because he can't feed himself, he can't get up, he can't do anything, but in his mind, he's still self-sufficient. And, and that's, that's how I think a lot of us feel like we are without God, that we, we think we've got it, we think we uh, can do things on our own, we think we're doing pretty good, and then something happens and we realize we are not self-sufficient. So um, I have a slide here where I've quoted some of um, J.L. Packard's, Packard's phrases from the video we just watched, and he says this. He says, In our society, strength, or at least imagined strength, is applauded, and weakness is thought of as a defect. So if you just hang on to that, and, and that's, I think that's spot on, that's true. Um, you know, if people go to the gym to get strong, they, you know, we, we want to go and we want to take care of our bodies. We want to, you know, be as strong as we can. But the minute that there's weakness or that there's something that's less than, it is thought of a defect. And I think a lot of us view ourselves as that. You know, if we have a, a weakness in an area, we think, what's wrong with us? 
Um, it's really interesting. I was at work this past week, and I have begun, I don't know if all of you know this, but I've become, begun a new job at an um, inpatient alcohol and drug recovery facility. And I was talking to one of my patients this week about um, recovery. And when I was in grad school, we had to go to um, many recovery meetings. And I had, I had never really been to a recovery meeting. I think I had gone to some when I was a kid. Uh, I went to Al-Anon when I was a kid because my um, father was an alcoholic. And I, I think we went. Um, I think I did, this is checking my memory. But during grad school, we had to go to several recovery meetings to learn. And I had the privilege of going to a Celebrate Recovery group with, um, with another colleague. And they gave me this medallion at the end of the group, and it's this blue medallion, it says Celebrate Recovery. And to be honest, I had never turned over the back of it. And this past week, I was showing the Celebrate Recovery medallion to one of my patients just talking about some options for aftercare. Um, Celebrate Recovery is like the 12 steps, but it, it is very Christ-focused, and, and it's a really beautiful ministry. And I turned over the back of the medallion, and it was our verse for this week. My grace is sufficient for you. And I caught myself, and I was like, huh. And so one thing that I encouraged you know, people this week is could they lean into maybe not trying so hard? Could they lean into the the idea of God's grace. Um, with people that maybe don't believe in God, you can't necessarily say that, but could they lean into the idea that maybe they could have grace for themselves and that they didn't have to be so strong and that maybe they could lean into that weakness of um, recovery and what that would be like. And that's kind of a foreign concept because we think we have to try so hard. But as um, as Mr. Packard quotes, he says, in our society, strength, or at least imagined strength, is applauded, and weakness is thought to be a defect. But what if we started thinking about our weaknesses as really God's opportunity for strength? So I want you to think about a couple things. How has this worldly perspective of weakness affected you? Um, you know, have you had an area of your life where you're like, boy, I have felt like I am defective, um, where I have been weak and I haven't felt like I am okay enough with the world. Next question. When has a weakness left you feeling defective, less than, or ashamed? I answered those questions for myself this week, and, and one thing that came up right away was um, when I was a kid, I, and I've struggled my whole life with asthma. I have really bad allergies and asthma, and running in school was like the worst. And the, the irony is that I've become a long-distance runner. Um, once I figured out, like, the once really good medicine came out, I was, like, set free. But every year we had to take the president's physical fitness test, and every year, that, that week before the test, I was just sick to my stomach. I was like praying for strep throat or something to take me out of school that week so I didn't have to do those tests because I, I had such a hard time doing it. Um, we had to run the mile. And I remember every year, this is when I felt the most defective. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, everybody else would have a great time running, and I would just be gasping. And then my gym teacher would be like, breathe in a paper bag, Sagvold. That didn't help. <laughs> and I just remember always feeling less than. Um, I struggled in math um, when growing up, and math was just hard for me. It just didn't make any sense. And I remember every math test, I had that same feeling of being defective, being less than, being weak. Um, 
I remember just, just thinking, like, what is wrong with me that I can't figure this out? And, you know, it, and I, st- I mean, saying that to you, it still kind of brings back some bad feelings. And, and that question that's followed up with, what did you do in response to that feeling? Well, it, it shut me down. And I think about how I didn't, you know, actually a, a wonderful gift was somebody suggested, well, why don't you, like, ask somebody to help you? And I was like, oh, that was like a revolution, I thought. And, and my best friend was really good in math. And she's the reason why I passed physics and chemistry. But it was me finally saying, I can't do this on my own and I need help. And I had the gift of a really good friend and said, I'll help you on that. Ironically, too, she was my friend that um, helped me with those mile runs and encouraging me, Carrie, you can do it. Breathe through your nose. <sighs> so you think about how that weakness really was flipped around when I, when I let somebody in and helped, and that is exactly what God does. He comes in and he helps. So I want you to just maybe think on some of those questions this week. Um, if you go into the Right Now Media app and you look at this video, there's like some follow-up questions that are really beautiful and thoughtful and, and I think very appropriate for right now. Um, next slide. As um, Pastor Jamie read in our scripture this morning, the crux of Paul and God's convo was this. My grace is sufficient, meaning enough for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And my, my wonder in that then is why is God's grace often not enough for us? Why do we think that we need more? Or we, why are we not content with maybe God's grace being just enough? So I'm going to share some thoughts with you from the commentary. So three times, evidently, with earnest and prolonged prayer, Paul asked God to release him from whatever was happening. You know, scholars have all kinds of ideas of like what could have been Paul's thorn. You know, it could have been his stomach. It could have been, he could have had gout. He could have had something. We don't really know what it was. He's not specific about it. And the prayer was to the Lord. He was, he was calling on the power of Christ. On power to the exalted Christ. He addresses the risen, exalted in the Lord who intercedes for us. And it's really interesting because Paul's specific request was not granted. Think of all the ways that God answered prayer for Paul, but his own for whatever his thorn in his flesh was not granted. But he received a better answer than the one he wanted. And it's really important to think about just as in all Christian life and service, he depended on divine grace and power since he, and he says this in um, 3 verse 5, our sufficiency is from God. So in this trial, he receives grace sufficient to carry the suffering and endure the strain. And this, he realizes, will be better for him and for his work. The divine power cannot help or use the self-sufficient man. Think about that. If we think we are self-sufficient, God's divine power can't do anything for us. But the power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, rather than ask any further for release from the ailment, he instead, he turns around and he says, I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. I'm going to elevate them and, and illuminate them so that the power of Christ, without which, even if I were well, I could not do my work and may rest upon me to lead and support me and give effectiveness to my ministry. So right there, is, I just want to pause and I want to encourage you to know that God has given you a specific way that you have been equipped and called to serve him. But Unless you acknowledge your own weakness, he really can't 
be effective in and through you unless you acknowledge your own weakness and receive his strength. You know, I, I, when I was reading them that, I just thought, that is exactly it. And we think about, about how Paul, how God's grace would be sufficient for all situations. And think about for all of us, whatever demands life could lay on him and us, because of our defects, God can and does use them and makes adequate. There's divine compensations for every handicap in life. Doesn't that just give you encouragement? When you think about maybe the stuff that maybe you're not proud of, you're ashamed of, or, or you've struggled in, there's divine power for every handicap in life. Um, I want to share with you a, a story that I read. Um, Nikki Gumbel shares this in the Bible for, for one year. Nikki Gumbel and Pippa Gumbel are the um, alpha people from England. And he shares a story about Nick, Vud I can never say this guy's name, Vujicic, when he came to speak at Focus, our church holiday. Nikki writes, Nick is a remarkable man. I think that all of us who met him were inspired and challenged by his life. You see, Nick was born without any arms or legs. Yet, he can write, I am truly blessed. I am ridiculously happy. Many times as a child, he prayed for arms and legs. He said he would have settled for just getting one arm or a leg. And God did not answer his prayer in the way that he had hoped. Yet, Nick writes, God used me to reach people in countless schools, churches, prisons, orphanages, hospitals, stadiums, and meeting halls. Even better, I've hugged thousands of people in face-to-face -face encounters that allow me to tell how very precious they are. God took my unusual body and invested me with the ability to uplift hearts and encourage spirits. The people of God depend on the grace of God. Nikki quotes Mother Teresa saying, I don't think there's anyone who needs God's help and grace as much as I do. Sometimes I feel so helpless and weak. I think that's why God uses me. Think about that. Mother Teresa said, sometimes I feel so helpless and weak, but that's how God uses me. Because I cannot depend on my own strength, I rely on him 24 hours a day. And I love this that she writes, if the day had even more hours, then I would need his help and grace during those hours as well. So you think about how we, we can look at the people in the world there, they're maybe the most deficient, or, or we think like, what would it be like to not have arms and legs and be like Nick? But he says, I am ridiculously happy because God uses my unusual body and invested in him the ability to uplift hearts and encourage spirits. That is where his weakness becomes God's strength. I think that, um, I love this this quote in the commentary that I read, it may be that God refuses to remove our weaknesses because he needs it. You know, that, that just caught me, and, I, and that's what made me think about this story that Nikki Gumbel had wrote. God needs our weaknesses because it amplifies and it, and it unleashes his power. I don't know if you've ever thought about your weaknesses in that way, but I think it's true. Um, my question in, in here is, why is God's grace often not enough for us? Why do you think that is? And I think that kind of comes back around to um, the, the, the conversation that Adam and Eve had and Eve had in the Garden of Eden where, um, where the devil tempts her and says, well, maybe if you just have a bite, you'll be as wise as God and you'll know everything that he is. And I think sometimes that comes back to our pride. It's because we often think, oh, there could be something more or, or I could find something more here. Or, I could find something more there or maybe I could do more. 
And really, it's that God's grace, the thing that we can't earn, we can't deserve, the thing that he gives to us. It's kind of this, this, it's a tangible but intangible thing, but God's grace is enough for us to meet us in the areas that we are, we are not weak, we are not strong, we're weak, we struggle, we haven't got it all figured out. Next slide, Dylan. And this is the beautiful spot, the aha. And Paul came to realize this. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Maybe insert, for when I am weak, then I have Jesus. And that is when we are at the, the end of ourselves. I was thinking about this, these plants up here. Um, I didn't think these plants were real for a while, and then one day I like went over them after church, and I was just like, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, no, they are real. <laughs> I just thought they were like really good-looking fake plants. But this past week, when I was trying to think of like a tangible way of of that word enough, I thought about um, one of my plants that I've actually almost killed because I, I didn't think I was giving it enough water, and so I kept giving it more and more. And I don't know why, but it's like in my head, I'm like, it just doesn't look like it's like saturated enough, or it has enough, you know moisture in it. And I feel like for us, you know, we're like this plant. And when we truly rely on God's grace, he gives us just the right amount of water. But I think when we think we are, well, I don't know if, if God's enough. I don't know if God's got this. I don't know if, if this is the exact amount. It's kind of like, um, you know, God's, God's water is God's water, his love, his goodness to us, his grace, his power, it is enough for us to grow and thrive and do what we are called to do in this world. But when we, when we screw it up, it's kind of like me with my plant. And I thought about, like, I could be really cruel to this plant right now, and I could just start pouring water on it, and water, and water, and water, and water. And pretty soon, it would be overflowing, but not overflowing in, in a good way or in a right way. And I feel like that is exactly what Paul figured out was his grace was enough because I can delight in those weaknesses. I can delight in those insults. I can delight in the hardships and the persecutions and the difficulties because when I'm weak, then he's got it. That's when I see God is enough. I'm not. He is. And that's a really popular phrase right now that, that people like to say, I am enough. I don't think so. I think God is the one who's enough. And then he tells us we are okay. And then we can say, I am enough. So when you think about your plants this week, if you have any living plants in your house, some of us don't because we just don't do good at them. But usually I'm okay unless I start to like doubt that I've truly given the water and then I drown them. Think about God is enough. He's got enough for you. And when you lean into his grace, that's all you need. As we close today, um, next slide, please. Just to take some time. Um, to be aware of our weaknesses. What are your weaknesses? Don't say them out loud. I don't think we need to. But are you even okay to say, I'm aware of these weaknesses? A lot of us don't even like to acknowledge that we have weaknesses. Again, as in our world, we really judge weakness. We pounce all over it. If someone's not weak, or if someone's weak, people are all over that. If you, if you kind of, it's kind of like, um, like you know, dogs. If a dog shows you its belly, it's actually like a, a true sign of like trust and, and surrender, but it's also an, a potential area of weakness. 
Um, and so we're kind of like that. We never like to show our value. We never like to show our area that we are weak. Um, we don't like to show where we're not, we're not great. We like to be good at everything, and we think we're good at everything. But maybe this week you can pray, Lord, I'm aware of these weaknesses, dot, 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 and give them to him. He knows it. God's not surprised. He, he's, he's not over like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that was hard for you. No, he knows. Um, you know, like the Apostle Paul said, I delight in being mistreated. And again, we don't like to have that. We don't like to even acknowledge that that's happening. And that's another thing to offer up to Jesus and just say, Lord, this is going on. I'm feeling mistreated. I'm feeling abused. I'm feeling not cared for. Give it to him. Let his grace be enough. Your difficulties, I, I, uh, I use the word hard to just say, like, Lord, in my life right now, this is hard. Give it to him. Let his grace be enough for you. You know, I, I don't feel like in America we have the same persecutions and attacks that other people in other parts of the world have. You know, we, we have the freedom to be here right now. We're not afraid that we're going to be, like, pipe-bombed or someone's going to come and, like, kidnap us and kill us because we're identifying as Christians and we're here. Other places in the world have that, but we still have places that we feel personally attacked. Our character might be attacked. Our, our personality might feel attacked. Um, we might feel like people are out to get us in some ways, maybe, in our places of work or school. Give that to the Lord. Tell him, Lord, I feel attacked. I feel like people are against me. I feel like things are not going my way. Give it to him. Let his grace be enough for you in that. I can also say, Lord, you've seen how difficult things have been. Name it. Lean into that. And then maybe offer this prayer to God. I receive your grace in place of these struggles. I receive your grace in place of these struggles. I know you are enough. Help me to believe that you are enough. And may your grace fill me up today. Pray that this week. Give that to God. And then this wonderful truth as we close, the scripture from Ephesians 2.8 that the Apostle Paul also wrote, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Rest in that. God's grace is what has saved you, not you being good enough, not you trying to, you know, get rid of all your flaws by the time you die. Boy, there's still going to be flaws right up until the moment you take your last breath. It's just how it is. But that's why we need Jesus so much. And so remember this morning, by his grace, you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is God's gift to you this morning. Um, please pray with me as we close. Oh, Lord, we just thank you so much for your grace and your goodness. God, that we never need to be ashamed in your presence. Lord, when we come into your presence, we can come in with our chins up and our faces pointed to you. Jesus, that is such a um, safe and wonderful and, and restful posture. I pray for my friends here today, and I just lift them to you, Lord. I pray that you would help them to lean into the areas that they struggle in, that they're maybe embarrassed or ashamed about or just frustrated with. God, the places where we might feel like life is just not getting better and it's hard. Lord, would your grace just be enough for us, kind of like that thirsty plant that needs just the right amount of water and sunlight. God, help us not to get in the way by adding all the extras that we think we need. 
Help us to be content with you, Jesus, and you alone. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.